Hey there, um, it's Kay again with more nonsense. Um, I'm rapidly discovering that I'm really terrible at starting these things, so I'm just going to dive right in, okay? So, this week has been much like last week, in that I've been going through the boxes in the lockup. I've found three now, um, and they're all filled with a jumble of letters, documents and newspaper articles, and I'm not sure if that's it. To be honest, it's all a big mess, and each time I think I might be beginning to understand what might be going on, I find something else which sends me back to square one again. And while that is irritating, it does make everything feel a little bit more, well, I don't know, real? Like, if this was a story, there would be a, a solid structure to it, rather than a, just a massive splurge of random information. The collection is messy because real life is messy. There isn't always an answer, and there isn't always an ending. Sometimes things just, well, they happen, and people react. If this is fiction, then someone went to an awful lot of effort to make it as muddled and as confusing as possible. Saying that, if you are new here, what I've just said should give you a pretty good idea of what to expect from this podcast. And with that in mind, I do recommend starting from the beginning, because there is a lot to take in. I mean, I'm the one doing this and I'm finding it overwhelming. Which is why I'm trying to split it down into categories, I suppose. Because looking at it as one big amorphous lump of information is near enough impossible. Or, well, it is at least it is for me. Some of you out there might be thinking, oh my god, it's not that hard, what's wrong with you? But it always has been easier to say rather than to do. Sorry, that was needlessly aggressive again. I guess I'm feeling a bit defensive. No, that's not right. Worried? No, it's not that either. It's it's really hard to pin down. The more I read, the more it settles, you know? Like a like a weight in my chest. That, that strange feeling that I've done something wrong or, or I've forgotten something really important but I can't figure out what it is and what I should be really concerned about. But anyway, you know, if you need a summary, it can basically be boiled down to I bought an old lockup sight unseen and found a load of information about a museum dedicated to a global disaster that didn't happen. Or maybe it did and we've forgotten about it. Maybe that's it. That big, important thing I've forgotten. Who knows anymore? So last week we looked at the sound, because that was the big thing that incited all of this. In all of the reports, everyone heard an enormously loud and strange noise that seemed to knock the entire world out for... Well, well no one actually knows exactly. But it looks like it was only for a few seconds. Or at least it felt like a few seconds. You know... The more I look into this, the less I trust time. Which isn't very comforting. But anyway, we, we assume it was only a few seconds, and in that short moment, loads of people went missing. Like, three and a half million people. Which I don't think I need to emphasise, but I'm going to anyway, um, is insane. But I'm also discovering it's not as simple as that. There are complicating factors. The more letters I read, the more it's becoming obvious that literally everyone who vanished was celebrating their birthday that day. 
which is really odd. Like, you know, stretching the very definition of coincidence odd. And what makes it even weirder is there are plenty of people around the world now with a February the 29th birth date, including people who were born before 1988. This obviously feeds into the hoax or fictional project theory quite nicely, because if this did happen and those people did disappear, and if we'd all collectively forgotten about it, logically they'd still be missing. But they aren't. Or at least there isn't a huge, unexplainable gap in population demographics. So there has to be more to this than just, we forgot. But if that is the case, then what is all of this? Like I said earlier, as much as the theory that this is all someone's personal project makes the most sense, I just can't see anyone going to these lengths to create content for it. And before anyone messages me about... ARGs and the like, yeah, I do know about them and I do know that some people get really invested in their projects and they create all kinds of content for them. But this is, I don't know, different. It feels different. Like I said before, there's there's a chaos to it that feels more natural, you know? The more letters I read, the more I'm convinced it's real. And, and not because there's so many of them, but because they're so mundane boring even. After you get over the shock of the actual event occurring, most of them follow the lines of, I was with, insert person, most likely a loved one, but not always, here, and then this big noise happened, and the next thing I know, they're gone and I miss them. Of course there are ones that stand out, they're the ones I'm sharing, but in general, it's, I don't think this was done for entertainment purposes. There is no narrative structure to it, no obvious bad guy, no you know, no end goal, nothing. And of course, it could be some kind of avant-garde punk project, you know, where someone is trying to envision a realistic apocalypse. Although maybe apocalypse isn't the right word, given we're still here and nothing has changed. But yeah, whatever, you get my point. The thing is, none of this makes any sense. Not yet, maybe not ever, but that's the risk I'm willing to take. So to that end, today I am looking at the whole concept of mass disappearances, given that aspect, along with sound, forms the basis of this thing. The sound alone would have been strange enough, but the disappearances bring the whole thing into the realm of real tragedy. That's why I said apocalypse earlier, because try as I might, I just can't find anything outside of ancient myth where so many people vanished with absolutely no trace en masse. And when I say ancient myth, I mean, you know, Atlantis and stuff like that. You know, things that probably didn't actually happen and were most likely stories in their own right. The nearest example I can think of is the disappearance of flight MH370 on the 8th of March 2014. And yes, that is uncomfortably close to the date of the disappearances I'm looking into. But no, I don't think there's anything in it. Now, I'm, I'm not going into huge amounts of detail, as I'm pretty sure most of you already know the rough, de rough details. How it was a red-eye flight from Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia flying to Beijing in China. It was a routine flight with an experienced pilot and an inexperienced co-pilot, but that in itself isn't an issue given we all have to start somewhere. According to all the flight logs, etc., everything was completely normal until they were over the South China Sea, about 38 minutes into the flight, when all communication was cut off. Then the plane dropped off the commercial radar completely. Allegedly, it was tracked for another hour by military radar, 
but they noticed it had deviated from its original flight plan, doing almost a full 180 away from where it should have been going. And I don't think I need to tell you why that is odd. It's at this point that everything just gets weirder. At this point, the plane has basically vanished. No one knows where it is, which in turn means no one knows the whereabouts of the 227 passengers and 12 flight crew to this day. We assume they're dead, because that's the only scenario that makes sense. As to why they disappeared, again, no one knows, not for sure. There have been various theories over the years that the pilot was suicidal and decided to fly off into the middle of the Indian Ocean, taking everyone with him, that there were terrorists on board who hijacked the flight and took it towards Russia, that a freak weather event even took it out, that all instruments failed catastrophically and so no one had any clue where they were going, or even worse, the oxygen failed and everyone suffocated. Honestly, there are so many theories out there, but none of them adequately cover every single base. Even the discovery of a wreckage has a cloud hanging over it, in that most of it was discovered by this one guy who just seemed to have a knack for it. In many ways, MH370's disappearance is like a microcosm of what the museum reports. Something terrible happens, people go missing, but there's no clear-cut reason. It's all a big, jumbled mess of increasingly bizarre theories and reasonings. And at the end, all we can do is shrug and admit that we don't know that life is chaotic and doesn't always make sense, that there isn't a story, things just are. Of course, MH370 isn't the only disappearance. There have been loads of famous ones all through history. Examples include the Roanoke colony. Spoiler alert, they were probably assimilated into the local native population or just died. I know that it's touted as this big mystery with the word Croatoan carved into a tree and everything, but quite frankly, if you look into it, I think it's pretty obvious what happened. I I could be wrong, of course, I'm no historian, but I think the whole Roanoke thing is more a testament to the human need for mystery and, and stories than anything else. And rather than just face the fact that they took too long getting back from England, meaning the people who stayed behind couldn't stay where they were left and just did what humans do best, which is make the most of terrible situations. Or, you know, be the cause of the terrible situations, of course. We like doing that as well. The next one I can think of is probably Amelia Earhart. I'm not even sure why her story is still touted as a disappearance, though. She crashed, as simple as that. I think they might have even found her remains by now, but her spectre really does haunt us. Again, it's like we need the story, that the legend is more important than the reality of the situation. We need the mystery, otherwise what's the point? But, yeah, I, do, I, I digress. Another slightly more difficult to write off one is the Mary Celeste. More because everything was left as is, like the crew were just teleported away while they were in the middle of doing everyday tasks. But, as we all know, seafaring in the 1800s was incredibly dangerous, and if something drastic happened, would you wait to finish your dinner before going to see what it was? And then we go on to my favourite, the Bermuda Triangle. When I was a kid, I was actually afraid of the Bermuda Triangle, and I really did think that it would feature much more highly in my life than it has. And uh, people tend to go a bit bonkers when it comes to the Bermuda Triangle. There are an alarming amount of people out there that think it's this ancient anomaly, something so strange and so old we haven't got a hell and hope of explaining it. But... 
in reality, or <laughs> at least what we perceive as reality, given that I'm currently struggling with the concept in general, but hey-ho. But anyway, yeah, basically it isn't anything of the sort, like, at all. The first recorded disappearance, I say using air quotes, was actually an, in an article written for the Miami Herald on the 17th of September 1950. And, you know, in before What About the USS Cyclops, which was a case in uh, 1918 where the ship and around 300 crew and passengers just seemingly disappeared in the vicinity of the Bermuda Triangle. But actually, the simple fact is that that patch of sea is famously capricious at best, downright hostile and murderous at worst. And it was largely accepted that the ship was probably hit by a rogue wave and sank, meaning no one had a chance to send a distress call or anything. Remember, this was in 1918, and communication over long distances was still in its infancy, and Occam's razor and all that. So, sorry. Most people considered the Cyclops case as being retconned into the mythology much later on. There was this whole thing in the 60s and the 70s about weird shit going on in the world, and there were writers like Eric von Daniken and Charles Berlitz, and they wrote all kinds of nonsense about was God an astronaut simply because indigenous populations couldn't build complicated stuff, and so, I don't know, aliens was a real trend. And it's sadly still a real trend in some quarters, but like your embarrassing uncle at Christmas, we just kind of ignore those people now. And yeah, as a kid in the 80s, I, I hoovered that stuff up. I mean, of course I did. I was a kid. I was convinced I was going to find definitive proof of the Loch Ness Monster when we went on holiday to Scotland. Made even funnier when you realised that we were visiting a family member in Edinburgh, which is like a four-hour drive away. And in that time, I was going to take the best photos of the Loch Ness Monster ever seen, and that would be it. Mystery solved. But you know, anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, people making shit up for fun and money. So, yeah, basically it all boils down to people liking a mystery and that there are always going to be people out there willing to exploit that. And, yes, I can see the irony in that, but we'll just gloss over that and get on with this, yeah? Cute, uncomfortable laugh. The thing is, there are loads of examples, but when you dig into them, most of them have plausible real-world explanations. A lot of them are associated with the sea, and more recently aircraft, which makes sense because they are environments that humans have kind of invaded. We're not supposed to be in the middle of the ocean or thousands of feet up in the sky, and so the opportunity for something untoward to happen is just higher, simply because the chances of surviving in those environments is, let's face it, slim. The myths have persisted because, again, humans have an almost insatiable craving for mystery. I know I do, or at least I, I thought I did. I'm not so sure now. But the point I think I'm trying to make is that people do vanish, sometimes in groups, and most of the time there is a sensible explanation for it. But sometimes there isn't. Much like MH370, there are categories of disappearances that really do defy explanation. Cases where one minute someone is there, large as life, and the next they're just gone, never to be seen again. It's like... It's, it's like a hole opened up in the world and, and swallowed them. And while the vast majority of these cases are individuals instead of groups, and if they are groups, it's no more than a couple of people, this can be really unsettling. For example, the phenomenon of people going missing in national parks in the US. So, disclaimer, I'm not saying all of them are weird, because like the sea and the air, there's a reason these places are remote. 
And collectively, modern humans don't really do very well in these environments because, ugh, camping. No, no, seriously, see, as a whole, we aren't as equipped as we used to be to survive the harsh conditions of these areas. And the vast majority of missing hikers, etc., are simply going to be down to people getting lost and nature taking its course, which is very sad, but also very natural. No sounds, no tracks, no evidence of predators or anything, just poof, gone. Now, of course, in these cases, there is always the, are you sure you didn't murder them and are just saying they disappeared for your alibi defence? And yeah, that could be the case. But all of them? I don't know. The truth is, people disappear all the time. In the US alone, 521,705 people went missing in 2021. I will stress that those figures relate to missing reports that were filed, not actual individuals who were never found. Around 97% of missing people are found either dead or alive within a week of the report being filed, and a further 2% are found outside of this time frame. But that still means that 1% are never found. That's over 5,000 people. And even if 99% of those turn out to be either unsolved murders, kidnappings or simply folk who don't want to be found, that still leaves 50 people disappearing without a trace. Completely gone. Total mystery. And that's just in the US. So these things do happen, just not on the scale being reported in the newspapers I found. I remember hearing someone say that if only one case of supernatural or Fortean phenomenon is real, then it opens the door for it all to be real. If it's happened once, it can happen again. If just one of those 50 people fell through time or reality or whatever, that sets a precedence. It could happen again. We just don't know. If one of these stories is real, then it opens the door for them all being real. And so on the back of that, as promised, I have another letter. This one is from the US about a birthday hike gone wrong. My sweetest Conrad, I still can't believe that it's been two years. Two years since you went on that hike. It was your 40th birthday, or your 10th, depending on how you want to measure it. And you always said you wanted to go back to the Black Ridge Trail that you used to hike with your dad when you were a kid. There was no way I was going to say no before remembering that, crap, it's February, which meant it was going to be cold and it was going to be wet. The things we do for the ones we love. We started early so we could celebrate the sunrise. <laughs> you were like a little kid, all excited, pointing out landmarks and telling me the bits you remembered from your childhood. You were a bit disappointed, too, though. Said that the place felt more managed now. By that I think you were referring to the addition of the car park, because once we were out on the trail itself, it still felt pretty wild to me. Now, the Black Ridge is no Yosemite or Appalachian Trail. It's tiny compared to those titans. But that doesn't mean it was tamer. Even you shut up about the goddamn car park once we've been walking a while. Every now and again we'd break through the trees onto a ridge and just... Gaze in wonder at the distant horizon over the sea of unbroken green below us. I'm not exactly the most outdoorsy type person, but even I got it now. I understood the magic and the majesty of that place, even through the rain and the cold. And you, you were beaming through tears. This is for you, Dad, you said as you poured a little bourbon on the rocks we were standing on. Your boy came back just as he promised. That was when the forest around us fell silent. 
Now, forests are pretty quiet for humans at the best of times because most of the creatures that live in them recognise that we are not their friends and largely go out of their way to avoid us. But you can usually hear birds, insects, maybe even the odd deer if you're careful. Blackridge isn't in bear country, and there are always those who swear they saw a bobcat that one time. But I'm sure there must be other predators out there as well. Clumsy humans that might spook the birds quiet. But the insects? That didn't make any sense. I remember looking to you, hoping you might be able to explain what was going on, but you looked just as perplexed as I did. It was eerie. The way the tops of the trees rippled, like a giant invisible creature was moving through them towards us. I felt the pressure drop, and a wave of concussive force hit me, so hard it knocked me off my feet. I reached out for you, and you caught my hand. That much, I'm sure. I can still feel it sometimes. Just there, in mine, imprinted for all time, like my skin doesn't want to let go of the memory of how your skin felt against it. A fraction of a second later, the sound hit, and at that point, I thought there was something out there, something huge and terrible, tearing up the forest, ripping trees out of the ground like we might pull up a tussock of grass. It pressed down on me, grinding me into the rock beneath us, crushing my lungs until I choked and blacked out. All was silent when I came to. The world tinted red with my own blood. My head pounded and my insides ached as I reflexively squeezed my hand around yours. It except you weren't there anymore. In that moment, little did I know that you would become a memory, never to be found again. I searched for you, shouted your name, pleaded with God to give you back, but there was nothing, no sign of you. It took the insects a while before they dared to chirp again, even longer for the birds to join in. There was an indefinable tension in the air that they could still sense, and I could too. The whole area felt charged, like it was a battery for some kind of energy. I won't lie, at that time I thought you'd been abducted by something not of this world, that the sound was a craft swooping in. Eventually, I managed to find the right trail and I contacted the park rangers, but they were also in disarray. That's when I realised we weren't the only people who had experienced the incident. Later, I discovered it wasn't just the Black Ridge Trail, but the entire world. And I wasn't alone in losing someone. I don't know what happened that day. No one does. There have been lots of theories, but they remain just that. Theories. All I do know is that whatever it was that snatched you away from me, I can only pray that they will bring you back soon. Because I don't know how to heal. How do you heal when you don't even know what caused the wound in the first place? So Conrad, my darling Conrad. If you are somehow still out there somewhere, maybe watching me, maybe not, just know that I love you and I will never stop praying for your return. Your loving wife, Anisha. What if this was just a large-scale example of people vanishing off the face of the earth seemingly in impossible circumstances? And what if Anisha is onto something with her description of something huge cheering up the trees? Sound waves can be powerful, but I'm not sure they can tear forests apart like that. What if... What if we were engulfed by some kind of interstellar entity? Something so unfathomably huge that we couldn't comprehend it? 
There are those legends of the indigenous inhabitants of various islands who couldn't see the ships of colonists such as Cook and Columbus because they had no frame of reference to understand what they were seeing. I mean, obviously, that's a load of old bollocks, but what if in this case it was... when it was true? That we interacted with something we truly could not compute? Like, our brains just went, nope, and shut us down to protect us. But... But none of that explains why some people disappeared or were taken or or whatever and the rest of us were simply left alone. And nor does it explain why we've seemingly forgotten all about it. Unless it's some kind of defence mechanism. It was too much, too big, too incomprehensible and in order to protect ourselves we had to forget. And none of this even begins to scratch the surface as to the significance of all the people who vanished were celebrating their birthday. That's where the 3.5 million figure comes from, an extrapolation from all the various missing person reports and how every single one of them concerns someone born on the 29th of February. You know, it's strange because even though this is only week three, it feels like I've been at this for longer, a lot longer, like time has somehow distorted or maybe it's just that I've always known maybe we all have maybe (sighs) look it's late and I've rambled enough so I'm gonna leave you I've got dinner to make (laughs) real life carries on so until next time okay Museum of the Missing is written, performed and produced by Claire Waller. The title song, Museum of the Missing, was written by David Rizal and is performed by David Rizal and Claire Rizal. It is used with permission. If you're enjoying the story, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Contact details and social media links are in the show notes. If you wish, you may also buy the podcast a coffee at Museum of the Missing. Thank you for listening. Bad memories wiped away. Bad time has gone astray. It's the horror of the age.